good morning and well okay i guess it's not really morning anymore sorry about that hopefully you saw my tweet i got up feeling a bit suboptimal this morning uh so yeah hello good afternoon and welcome it's friday the 6th of september 2019 welcome back to autonomous cars with mark hogue this is episode 111 today apple ditches lidar tom tom gets into hd mapping and the feds are mad at tesla once again all this right now another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so this is kind of interesting. Um, apparently, Apple's been spotted testing a new autonomous vehicle. Um, at least that's the assumption that it's Apple. It's a white Lexus SUV, I guess. This would be the RX 330, something like that. Um, and I guess this this photo that was snapped, you can you've probably seen it by now, maybe on Reddit. Uh, I'm looking at it right now on nine to five Mac dot com. Um, it's kind of from a three quarters angle, the right rear of the vehicle, and yeah, it it is sporting what appears to be a s- sort of a an all contained rectangular array of well something. And it's true, it doesn't really look like contemporary mechanical LiDAR. Mechanical meaning the rotating apparatus, which, although admittedly far smaller these days than they used to be, is still quite a bit larger still to, well, cameras um, and even solid-state LiDAR. Speaking of which, hold that thought, because if you kind of rewind all the way back to episode 99... I did an episode, the first segment of which was titled Apple Sourcing AV Sensors. Now, I have no idea what I talked there uh, about in that episode, so let me just quickly see here what I've said then. Um, Okay, it looks like Apple is sourcing components to build sensors for its long-rumored Project Titan Autonomous Car Project. Though there's still no solid sense for whether they're building their own car or as I proposed several times, the entire hardware software perception stack, which I've suggested may be licensed out to other AV developers. Anyway, this was episode 99. This was back in April. And, um, you know, since then, there hasn't really been much news at all with respect to what Apple's, uh, what they're up to. Uh, Until now, perhaps, because this photo is a bit curious. And yeah, the general consensus seems to be that Apple may in fact be ditching LiDAR for cameras. There's a couple interesting things about this, right? So first of all, if they were to do this, well, that would almost certainly be a cost-cutting move. Um, Beyond that, it would effectively, I guess, validate everything that Elon Musk has been saying at Tesla for, well, ever. Uh, That LiDAR is effectively just a crutch, that that obviously computer vision with cameras is the way to go. It is the future. And again, as you may have heard just a couple episodes back uh, this season, um, you know, I, I referenced you to the interview as between Lex Fridman and Chris Ermson from Waymo, where Chris actually went on the record admitting that indeed LiDAR is just a crutch, uh, but so what? It's better to get a suboptimal thing, even if that is LiDAR, on the road now, start saving lives, rather than waiting for the superoptimal solution of computer vision who knows how many decades down the road. So so this would be pretty interesting if indeed Apple were 
considering uh, skipping LiDAR altogether. Thing is, though, I don't think that's what we're looking at here. Um, uh, this just doesn't look to me like cameras. This doesn't look like a camera rig. I mean, it's it's awfully big and bulky. Uh, I agree it doesn't look like conventional LiDAR. And my hunch would have been to suggest that it might be a new solid-state LiDAR sensor rig for testing. And I say for testing especially because, well, one of the benefits of solid-state LiDAR is that it's so small, right? So so we you know, we discussed, I guess, what, sometime last year how Israel-based Inaviz had just recently partnered up with BMW and that apparently in 2021, I believe, BMW are going to release the first mass market vehicle with LiDAR and not just any LiDAR, mind you, but solid state LiDAR. So, so this is a pretty big deal. And, but, 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 I mean, the point is, is that the reason why solid state LiDAR is such a compelling thing for a consumer ready uh, semi-autonomous vehicle is because, yeah, well, it's so small, it can just kind of, you can kind of put it wherever you like, and it doesn't really, you know, make the entire car look like it's got Shrek's ears hanging off the side of it. So, so this is a weird thing. I mean, just looking at this apparatus on the roof of this, of this Lexus SUV, I mean, it's a big thing. I mean, it, it, it basically takes up the entire, the entire dimension of the roof, both lengthwise and widthwise. Um, I don't know. I haven't really heard or read enough about why people are thinking this isn't conventional LiDAR. I mean, I suppose, look, I think it's possible that the, if it's a conventional spinning, you know, mechanical LiDAR, I suppose it's possible it's actually still in there. Um, I don't really think it's necessarily cameras. Um, I have a hunch that for whatever reason, this is in fact a test rig for solid state LiDAR. In fact, now that I think about this further, I, you know what they could be doing? They could be sort of effectively AB or rather ABC testing, kind of all of the above. This could be one giant test rig to simul- simultaneously test Conventional spinning LiDAR, mechanical LiDAR, uh, solid state LiDAR, and cameras. And thinking out loud even a bit further still, maybe they're finding a way that they can effectively train, you know, assuming that Apple is really planning for the long road here, pun not intended, um, you know, they might be trying to do whatever they can to best prepare and train their, their computer vision algorithms for interpreting camera data, right? So it seems to me a bit logical. We've often heard the argument uh, that, you know, the future isn't LiDAR or computer vision, but rather it's both. So there could be an argument that you've got one test rig like this that we see here in this picture, and it's comprised of all three technologies. Um, Maybe not necessarily to test them against one another, but rather to train one of them. And that one of them to be trained would be the cameras. So, so maybe, maybe this car is running all three systems in parallel and the data that it's acquiring from the LIDAR, whether it's conventional mechanical spinning LIDAR or solid state, this then is somehow being routed to the, to, to the, to the camera vision systems to better train it so that eventually uh, the car will do just fine with cameras alone. So effectively, then, I guess what I'm proposing is that this may just be nothing more than uh, training wheels of sorts for a computer vision guidance system. I, I don't know. I'm I'm totally thinking out loud here. Uh, so obviously, very curious to hear your thoughts. Do let me know. Um, tweet me at 
Autonomous Hogue. Shoot me an email through the website, markhogue.com. Let me know what you think. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right, so TomTom, uh, Tom. this is interesting. Yes, TomTom, Tom, the, the, the maker of early generation mapping platforms and systems. Um, well, they've announced that they've just launched their first autonomous test vehicle. And when I say autonomous, well, when they say autonomous, they mean that very literally. They claim that they have already built their own full level five autonomy capable test vehicle uh, in partnership with Volvo. Yeah, sort of like Uber, they are, of course, continuing to use Volvo's XC90. It turns out that the electronic drive-by-wire system makes it really easy to retrofit for use with autonomous driving capabilities. But hang on a second. Let's back up for a moment. Really? A fully level five capable vehicle? Just like that, out of nowhere? Um, Yeah, I'm not buying it. And frankly, I don't think anybody else is either. Never mind my repeated claims that companies need to stop pushing level five because it just doesn't matter yet. Um, But anyway, putting that aside, what I what I am okay with and what I what I definitely can get behind is that their overarching plan here is, I think, probably less about the car, although who knows, maybe they will indeed start producing autonomous cars. Maybe that's part of their new business model. I don't know. Um, But what I am excited about is that they are, in fact, using this autonomous test car hopefully not being driven in full hands-off level five autonomy without a steering wheel. Uh, But they are using it to develop HD maps. Now, if that sounds familiar, of course, that's because if you remember back in January, I was invited by the good folks at Here Technologies to learn and chat about them or chat about it with them, uh, the development of real-time HD maps. So we just talked about this recently the other day, so I won't get into it again, but the idea is that real-time HD maps, well, HD, of course, meaning super high fidelity down even to the pothole level, which as an aside in here's case, can, can, can then be resold uh, to cities. That data can be resold so that cities know what to repair, when and how much and so on. Um, but, but, but the other thing about real-time means that all this data is shared with all the all the other vehicles in the network, right? So first of all, it's crowdsourced data. So all the vehicles pick it up. And of course, then they can share it with each other. So if a tree falls over, if a new light or a stop sign is installed, all the vehicles will know about it. So it's a potentially very important thing. And I, I get it. Um, so so that's what TomTom apparently is doing. They then effectively look to be positioning themselves as a viable competitor to, uh, to hear technology, which, by the way, is uh, owned in large part by Daimler, right? The parent company of Mercedes-Benz. So... Um, They've got some good competition there to go up against, um, but that's all right. I don't really think this is a, a one winner takes all. I think you can have many, many different um, such companies doing this sort of HD real-time mapping. Um, and, and actually, I think thinking about this some more, thinking out loud, you know, to the point I made in the previous episode, maybe there's a way this can eventually branch out into what we discussed before, which is this need to really capture uh, the nuances of different regions driving etiquette driving style the driving culture as it were uh i don't know how this would work yet but what i had proposed then and again thinking out loud it kind of makes sense here is 
you, I, I could imagine a company borrowing, say, a Waymo vehicle or a cruise automation vehicle and putting that vehicle, say, on the streets of Rome or, or Naples. Um, you know, and, and in this way, then they can effectively create a data set which could be then sold, sort of like a font pack or a language pack or whatever. Um, and, and so I guess in this case, thinking about it some more, if TomTom are indeed developing their own car, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe they can go beyond just the actual mapping and actually get a sense for driving style in different regions and then sell to other companies, not just the mapping data, but indeed even the driving style data packs, as it were. So I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll come back with more information on this as I get it. But um, suffice to say, look, I'm intrigued. I, I think it's kind of neat they're getting into the HD mapping. Uh, I totally don't buy until I see it demonstrated that they've developed a fully level five vehicle. That's just an impossibly bold claim. I, I just don't buy it. So hey, Tom, Tom, guys, show me what you got. Right, to close things out today, I am not going to explain why the feds are pissed at Tesla again. Uh, again, my intent with this podcast, as you've known since the beginning, is not simply to regurgitate the news, but rather to kind of dive in and get behind the news. Um, look, suffice to say, there is still an ongoing, shall we say, disagreement uh, as between the feds and Tesla, and as between, frankly, admittedly, a lot of the populace in Tesla, insofar as it's at the very least, it's nomenclature using the term autopilot for uh, for use with its cars. Um, uh, but but also, I guess the expectations that it sets for consumers. Um, I I suppose thinking back over the past year and a half, I may have kind of kind of oscillated a bit back and forth. But in general, I'd like to believe I've been pretty pretty steady in my uh, opinion as to Tesla's product its promises, its claims, and indeed even its nomenclature. Um, l- let me just dive in and just say this, right? So so one of the complaints is that, um, well, I'll just read you what I tweeted yesterday. Uh, Tesla is under fire because autopilot may have caused a crash. Okay, to be fair, another crash. And the assumption, of course, is that autopilot and other ADAS systems well, shouldn't crash. Or at least that's the promise, that's the safety net that consumers expect when they buy into these things. And that's why they should effectively have a higher, I guess, standard of care, as it were. But I went on to say that, you know, meanwhile, countless human-caused crashes, despite the assumption that being licensed to drive in your state means you shouldn't crash. Uh, And, of course, the facepalm emoji. So the point that I'm trying to get at is, is I understand that it's pretty infuriating to buy a thing, a piece of technology, which then crashes, Obviously, it's one thing for your computer or your iPhone to crash. It's another thing entirely for your car to crash. Again, joking aside, obviously, it's this is a this is literally a life or death thing, as tragically some people have discovered. Thing is, though, um, we, we can't. It where does one draw the line? Where does one determine, uh, you know, the, the the level for that standard of care? Um, it seems to be the case that, again, we are assuming that the standard of care for a machine to drive us must be much, much higher. It's, we're basically not willing to tolerate any any suboptimal result, any failings in the system. Uh, meanwhile, we are absolutely okay with tolerating grossly suboptimal results with human drivers. But let's step away from this discussion for a moment and just go to the actual nomenclature, right? So autopilot, again, this this is in the news again. 
uh, everyone, no, not everyone, a lot of very vocally outspoken folks complaining that the term autopilot is per se misleading. Um, you can pull up the Wikipedia entry yourself as well. Elon Musk did that when automotive blog site Jalopnik tried to give him crap about his usage of the word autopilot in itself in response to Elon making fun of Porsche's admittedly ridiculous naming scheme to call its new Taycan uh, Tesla competitor electric sports sedan the Turbo N Turbo S, because of course it doesn't have any turbos, it's got no engines, it's just an electric car. Um, but yeah, so so if you pull up the the definition of of autopilot, you'll see that it's basically a it's effectively a an operator assistance system which is designed to kind of keep things steady and maintaining your course. But of course, the the operator, be it driver, boat captain, or pilot, must be ready to take controls at all times. There is no system which is complete hands off. There just isn't. And before you say drones, unless I'm mistaken, even those have a remote operator at least some of the time, right? So, okay, so so let's put that aside. So autopilot is not, in fact, an incorrect bit of lingo. All right, so now folks are saying, yeah, well, okay, your average uh, Joe and Jane doesn't know this about autopilot, and then when they hear this term, they just expect that it is, in fact, an A to B hands-off system, go to sleep at the wheel, and so on. Um, no, I don't actually think that most people do believe that. Um, I'd like to see an actual scientific survey conducted on this before I arrive at that conclusion. I really don't genuinely, I do not believe that people are genuinely that stupid as to believe that this is what it is. Um, uh, I'm going to make a pretty potentially politically incorrect uh, comment or or assumption here that, um, look, Tesla is not exactly a cheap car. Uh, Even the Model 3, once all said and done out the door, you're looking at something in excess of 40 or 50 grand generally there's a correlation i think between at least some modicum of intelligence and financial uh capacity as it were i don't think that most people buying teslas are complete idiots to the extent that they genuinely believe that their autopilot is is truly a hands-off fall asleep at the wheel do what you like yeah there have been a few instances where this has occurred i get it okay well those people are idiots um but they're the outliers those are those are extreme outliers, and the only reason that we that we hear about this in the news is precisely because they are outliers. Because it doesn't happen every day. I mean, not to give the ridiculously cliched counterexample, but this is why we don't hear about every single car crash that occurs every day. Forget every day, every every hour, every minute, because that's all we would hear in the news if these were reported every time they occurred. So, look, either way you want to look at it. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm fine with the nomenclature. Keep calling it autopilot. That is correct. To everybody claiming that it's misleading, maybe just stop and study it for yourself a bit. Um, and by that logic, we could argue that, I don't know, uh, adaptive cruise control systems are essentially autopilots, and that those are dangerous. And that so somebody could complain if their adaptive cruise control didn't adequately break or slow down the vehicle before it bumped into the car in front of it. I, I don't know. It's like, where, where do you draw the line? Look, it's, it's cool to pick on, well... I was going to say people like Elon. There there aren't any people like him. Uh, okay, Companies like Tesla? Well, there aren't really any companies like Tesla. So look, it's just cool to pick on Elon and Tesla because it's easy to do. I also think it's a bit ridiculous and it's just a, ba- a way to uh, get clicks to your articles. Um, so, yeah. So, so I think this whole issue with the Fed being upset with Tesla, that's 
I, I just think it's a distraction. Now, that said, and this goes back to what we discussed a couple episodes back, and so I'm not going to get into it again, but you all know my stance already on the need for better regulations generally, for better guidelines, better standards, and why indeed I've been writing about and more recently talking much more vocally about the need for eventually to have a Federal Autonomous Vehicle Administration, that once vehicles do... Uh, once we do have level four and indeed eventually level five vehicle on the road, those must those must be a federal thing. They must be federally regulated. And in order to do so effectively and safely, this will in fact require uh, an FAVA in the way we've got an FAA. Um, just very briefly, I'll, I'll remind you that I'm, you know, I'm fine if this thing gets built inside of NHTSA initially, but I, I do believe that eventually it needs to be spun out into its own thing. But again, I've, I've talked about this a lot and I have written about it in quite quite a great bit of detail. If you want to head on over to my, um, to my medium page, it's medium.com slash at Mark Hogue. Um, you'll see it there. It's just titled the FAVA federal autonomous vehicle administration. Give it a read. And again, let me know what you think. Um, but, but, but so yeah, so just to be super redundantly, abundantly clear, I'm not opposed to the notion generally of getting better standards, guidelines, and indeed eventually federal regulation for, autonomous vehicles once they breach level four and above. But levels one, two, three can remain in states' hands. I'm fine with that, if only to help expedite testing and deployment and so on. Um, but 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 the issue as to whether Tesla is somehow being misleading or, you know, otherwise putting consumers in harm's way because a few outlier ridiculous examples of suffered harm, while meanwhile, um, so many other folks are dying at the hands of human drivers, I think this is just silly and totally ridiculous and needs to stop right away. All right, well, that's a wrap for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. It is the weekend. So until next time, that'll be Tuesday. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.